Welcome to the Forward Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Now let's get ready to dive into today's message. We know you'll be blessed. Tell him how much you love him this morning. Let him feel the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that flows from heaven right into your hands. It touches your heart, touches your mind, and strengthens you for the days ahead. Are y'all with me? Say amen. I tell you, there's a God in heaven who loves you right where you're at. He wants to reach down and touch you so you can affect somebody else. Are y'all with me? Say amen. It's all about affecting somebody. But when we have the posture and the heart in the right position, then we can touch heaven from glory and we can see those around us be blessed. Can you say amen? Touch your neighbor and say, God's got something for you. Oh, come on. Touch your neighbor and say, God's got something for you. You just got to reach up and get a hold of it. See what you got to do. You got to allow the anointing of the Spirit to fall on you. Now, I know I'm a little different from your pastor because I'm probably a little bit more calmer than he is. Oh, can someone say amen? Touch your neighbor before you're seated for a moment. Say, get ready. It's coming. Just keep playing for a moment. As I was listening to your pastor talk and share the things I remember, he just dated me is all he did. (laughs) I was an evangelist. He said he was a kid. (laughs) I'm thinking, how long ago was that? (laughs) But I love your pastor and your first lady there, Jim's. And the kingdom of God. Take a little bit of the highs out, put a little bit of the lows in. Thank you. There are gems in the kingdom of God and what they do in the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God. God's given them a vision and a place to touch lives like never before. Pastor, I love you. First Lady, I love you. You are gems. It's good to have my wife with me as well. Always to have her in the house. We were sitting there talking just a few moments ago and she had preached a woman's conference uh, last weekend, and she told me a little bit more of the highs out. I got a little bit of a hissing going on. She, uh, she told me, I'm glad it's you going up there instead of me this round. Last week, I was sitting on the congregation watching her go, and I said, it's just funny. I said, because usually it's me on the platform. Can you say amen? You have your Bible? Shout amen. Okay, I got, still got a hiss in there. We need to get that hiss out if you can. Just pull all the highs out. Hallelujah. There you go. That works. That works right there. Joshua chapter 3. Calisthenics this morning. Are you ready? Stand for the reading of God's word. Some of y'all done picked up on it. Amen. Joshua chapter 3 verse 9 reads this way. And Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, whereby you shall know that the living God is among you, that he will, he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Gergesites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will pass over before you into Jordan. And now therefore take unto you 12 men. Someone say 12 men. Someone take 12 men out of every tribe of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And it shall come to pass that as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that are from down from above, 
that they shall stand upon a heap. And it, and it came to pass that when the people removed of their tents to pass over Jordan, for the priests bearing the ark's covenant before the people, and they that were bearing the ark were coming to Jordan, and the feet of the priests of the bear the ark were dipped into the brims of the water, for the Jordan overflowed its banks all the times of harvest. That the waters which came down from the from above stood and rose upon a very heap far above the city of Adam, which is beside Zaratan, and those that came down towards the sea, even the plain and the salt sea failed. And they were cut off, and the people passed right over against Jericho. And it came to pass, and, it, and the priest that bare the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground. Someone say dry ground. Say it again. In the midst of the Jordan, and all of Israel did pass over on dry ground until the, all the people were passed clean over Jordan. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God this morning to stand behind your sacred desk, Father God. Father, we pray as always, God, that you'll hide me behind the cross of Calvary, God, that Jesus may be lifted up and all men drawn to him this very hour, God. Father, I pray you'll touch every ear in the sound of my voice, God, that they may receive a rhema word, God, that will transform their heart, their mind, their soul this very hour, God. Father, we ask you to push back every stronghold of the devil, God, that comes to tear down, destroy, and to cause chaos. For you said where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. And Father, we walk in the liberty of the Lord this very hour. And Father, we ask today, God, that you let your word become alive in us, God, that we may affect those around us for your glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. You may be seated for a few months. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house. Just hold tight. Just, just for a few more moments. <laughs> we realize that I want to talk this morning for just a few moments on a walk of faith that brings the blessings. A walk of faith that brings blessings. We realize sometimes in the kingdom of God that we get sidetracked because of things that are going around us. As we see here in the scripture, we realize that Joshua was talking to the children of Israel about the blessings that were on the other side of Jordan. Joshua had remembered what had taken place some 30 to 40 years prior to this. Because 30 to 40 years prior to this, Joshua, Caleb, and some others were sent into the land to spy it out to see if they could take it. They were just young lads at this moment. They went to the city. They even brought back fruit. Let's see what the scripture says. The scripture says also, it says in Numbers chapter 14 verse 28, oh, excuse me. No, excuse me, Numbers chapter 13, verse 27 says, And then they told him and said, We came unto the land whether to thou hast sent us, surely flowing with milk and honey, and this is the fruit thereof. Joshua and Caleb had not forgotten about the fruit and the blessings that were on the other side of Jordan. But yet because of the doubt and unbelief of the people from 20 years old and up, they could not enter into the promised land. For so until the 20-year-olds had died off and everybody older than them had died off, they could not go in because of their doubt and unbelief. Touch your neighbor say, don't doubt, just believe. What you've got to realize this is that we've got to believe that God can do the things he says he can do. Are y'all with me? Say amen. We got to believe that God can move us forward in the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God. Are you with me? Say amen. When we realize that, we realize we can't forget where we came from. But we can't linger in where we were. We got to realize we've got to go ahead to where God's taking us. Are you hearing me? Say amen. And so we realize that sometimes we realize that people forget that. They forget where they came from. 
I, I don't have time to go into this morning, but I remember the day that I got saved. The day I got saved was September the 11th, 1988. That was some 36 years ago. I think that's how old your pastor is. <laughs> how crazy is that? And so I realized some 36 years ago, I gave my life to the Lord. Why? Because at that point, I had long hair. I wore two earrings. I wore black eyeliner. I was in Satanism for over 10 years trying to get 10 kids to sacrifice animals and drink blood. I was trying to get people to move in the ways of darkness instead of the ways of the light. And then I found myself coming to the knowledge of Jesus Christ being delivered. That's a story for another time. But I found myself being delivered, but I have not forgot what God had showed me in my future. Are you with me? Say amen. Let me tell you something. Number one, you're going to rise this morning. It's a walk that sees what is on the other side. You're going to rise. We're going to see what's on the other side. What's ahead of us in the future of where we're going with this church or where you're going with your life? Where are you going with your family? Are y'all with me? Say amen. We've got to walk in the power of God and the anointing of God and the sureness of God. Because once we have a vision from God, once we hear a rhema word from God, once we get the knowledge of God's spirit in us, we can't forget where he's taking us. Too many times the enemy's always illuminating where we were or where we is or how we failed. Hello, somebody. You say, you just said is. It's okay. Is is a word. I'm not in English class this morning. But we realize in the power of God, we've got to realize that our failures are not final unless we give up. Because let me tell you something. Go ahead. Praise him. You're going to praise him. I'm not going to stop you from praising him. But what we've got to realize is, is our failures are not final until, unless we give up on God and say, God, I'm done. I'm stopping right here. Because I'm not going any farther. I'm not going to go any farther down the road because I want to be exactly where you want me to be at. Do you realize what the scripture said before when we put the scripture up? It said that the river Jordan was over its bank of flood stage during the time of harvest. Two things you've got to look at there at the times of harvest. Number one, it was flooding because it was harvest time. Y'all ain't heard me yet this morning. Number two, you've got to realize the water represents things that try to stop us. So what we're going to realize is, is that the water was trying to stop them from moving across to the other side. Are y'all with me? Say amen. But yet the water was there because of the harvest. Church, there is a harvest outside here that's looking for somewhere to come. But yet there's a water that's flourishing. It's flourishing us but hindering them. And what we get, see, my brother Puckett, I, I don't know if we can go there, and I guess we can, because what we've got to realize is this, is that God wants you to go beyond where you are. Do something you've never done before. God didn't call, touch and ever say, listen, God didn't call you to sit on the pew today or the chair. Hello, somebody. God called you to get up and do something in the kingdom of God. Well, brother, look at all the positions are filled. No, they're not. God's kingdom's not that small. Are y'all hearing me say God's kingdom is bigger than where you're at. Are y'all hearing me say amen? God's got something for you to do. God don't got something for one person to do 20 things. He's got something, one thing for everybody. Oh, y'all better hear me in this house. Joshua and Caleb weren't the only ones that went in, but they were the only ones that saw the miracle. Everybody else saw giants. Everybody else saw things that were hindering them. Everybody else saw things that were going wrong. They were saying, we can't go in there. The giants are bigger than us. We look like grasshoppers. Caleb and Joshua never said that. They said, look at the fruit we brought back. 
Look at the fruit we bought back. We can take this. It's flowing with milk and honey just like they said. But yeah, we can't go in. We can't go in. Why? Because we can't go in because the giants are too big. Pastor, we can't reach the people because it's always been this way. Oh, we've got a nice crowd. Let's be happy with what we got. We don't want to go to three services. Pastor, we don't want to go into another building program. We ain't even raised enough money yet. Oh, y'all ain't heard me yet. Let me just tell you something. Just realize this. I make sure your pastor don't talk to me before I walk in here. Because I like God to speak to you. Y'all hear me say amen. So we're going to run this. Is that you got to run this. If every one of us touching everybody says he's talking to you. Get your wallet out, get your purse out, whatever. If we took all of our money and dumped it right here, emptied our checking accounts, emptied our savings accounts, emptied our 401k, it wouldn't make God one dime richer. Because God owns it all anyways. God's just trying to, trying to get you to let go of something. So he can bless you with, oh, y'all better hear me in this house. <laughs> See, because if you're holding on to it, you can't get your blessings. Until you release it, you can't get it. If your hands are full, you can't get no more. But when you release, oh, y'all better help me in this house. But when you release what you have, then God will bring the blessings into your life. We're going to walk in the anointing of God. Why? Number one, I told you, it's a walk that sees what others is on the other side. Number two, we must follow the word and the ministers that bear it. Too many times we get caught up in it. I don't know nobody in here. But too many times in the church where we live in it, they want to do it their way. Who said the pastor's in control? Stand up, pastor. He's just 30, 36 years old. He's a kid. I've got a daughter older than him. I'm revealing my age now. I'm just 37. I'm just telling you. I'm just kidding. I'm not. <laughs> Plus a few. That's right. But we realize that sometimes we realize that he's too young, but we've got to help him. We've got to stir him. We've got to steer him. We've got to move him. We've got to tell him when to stand up and when to sit down. Pastor, I know it sounds good, Pastor, but we just don't have, there's not enough finances this round, Pastor. That was a good thought, though. Y'all hearing me in the house, somebody. But then sometimes we don't have the, I don't know, I'm not talking about nobody here. I'm talking about other places. They don't have the guts to go to the pastor. They go to a little prayer group and go, man, we got to pray for this man because he done lost his mind. He's spending all of our money and didn't even ask us. Oh, y'all better help me in this house. A walk of faith brings the blessings. Why the walk of faith is that, that you trust the man of God, that you trust the ministry that's ahead of you, that you trust what they're doing. Because once you release it, it belongs to God anyways. It's not yours no longer. It belongs to him. Think sit down, Pastor. So we must realize that if we're going to follow the man of God and follow the word of God, because if we're following the man of God as long as he's following the word of God. Remember, that's what Joshua said. He said, when the word or the ark goes before you and the ministers that bear it. When the word, the ark had the word in it. So when the word that's in your pastor goes before you and he walks ahead of you, you're to follow after him, not to lead him. Not to lead 
him but to follow after him. Why? Joshua 3 and 3 said this way. And they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, you shall remove from your place and go after it. Remove from your place. Meaning, don't get it going. I'm not going on this round. I don't like donuts. Who said we're supposed to eat in the, in the foyer anyways? I never got none of that. Are y'all hearing me today? I know there's another group coming in. They're probably going to get a total different sermon. So y'all just better hold on. They said, but pastor... The Bible says we're to get up and remove ourselves and go after him. If we begin to follow the men of God who God has put over us, then the blessings will open up in heaven and pour onto us. Because once we've heard the word and we've excited with the word and we're following the word and we release to the word in the ministry, then God can open up the heaven, pour over the golden seals of glory. Blessings in your life there's not room enough to contain. But you got to realize that we got to learn to release it. Someone say release. Now, I'm not talking about your money only. I'm talking about your time and your talent. Some of y'all are more stingy with your time and talent than you are your money. Oh, somebody better. Y'all got to take that up with God. You got to realize this. Too many times we think it's instead of our way instead of God's way. But the Bible says in Hebrews 13 and 17 says, Obey them that have rule over you. Submit yourselves, therefore, and watch for those who watch for your soul, as they must give an account. Him, me, and everybody that stands behind this podium has to give an account for what they say to you when they stand before God. So don't fear this. So they're concerned for your life and for your soul and what you're doing. Are you with me? Say Amen. And then obedience to following God's word, those that hear it will cause them to find the blessings in it. When you're obedient to God's word, sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to be obedient sometimes, Brother Puckett. Sure it is. When I was in Satanism trying to get ten kids to sacrifice animals and drink blood, it wasn't hard. Brother Puckett, how did you do that? We got to realize I went a long way into darkness before I got to that place. The devil will never tell you to sacrifice an animal. He just wants you to quit going to church one Sunday. He wants you to quit praying one day. He wants you not to witness this week. He just wants you not to pick the word up this morning. He wants you to turn me off because you already don't like what I said. Oh, help me somebody. It's already, you got to understand this. I'm not here for your pastor. I'm not here for the first lady. I'm not here for you. I'm here for one who sent me here to bring you a word whether you like it or not. Are y'all hearing me say amen? And if we get the mentality of what we're supposed to be doing, we won't miss where God's taking us. Because we'll learn to get up and say, God, I cannot, I cannot miss my time in the word this morning. I'm talking about when you get up before you go to work. Before you go to school. I'm talking about before you get up, you've already had your prayer time. You've already prepared yourself. Why? Because when we go out the door, this is, a, this is a hospital that is getting mended. So when we go out into the world, we're ready to face the next devil. Brother Puckett, are you one of those guys that's all spiritual? It's all spiritual. The Bible says we do not fight flesh and blood, but every spirit and principality of the air. It's not people we're after that we're fighting. It's the spirits that control them. Are y'all hearing me say Amen.
I got to go farther. When we obey God's word, we find this Psalms 115 and 13 says this way. He that blessed them that fear the Lord, both small and great. Them that fear the Lord. Now let me tell you something about that. He doesn't mean fear and trembling. He means fear and reverence. There's a difference. Too many times we do, people think they got to be afraid of God. We got to be afraid. Oh my God, He's going to send me to hell. No, no, no. If you're born again, you're not on your way to hell. You're on your way to heaven. If you know Christ is in your life, you're not going. The devil is trying to tell you you're going there, but you got to realize if He's telling you that you're trying to go there, you must be on your way to heaven. Are you with me? Say Amen. Because of the power of God that's in you. Power of God that's in me. Yes, Jesus said, "Now I'll only be with you, but I shall be in you." So if Christ's in you, how can you, I don't know about it here, okay, I can't quit looking at you. How can you watch the things that you watch? How can you listen to the things you listen to if Christ's in you? See, well, Brother Puckett, that's because, I, because it's, I, he's not really here. Yes, he is. You've got to look from the, from the sidestep of where you're at that Jesus is sitting right beside you everywhere you sit. If he's in you, he's beside you. If he's in you, he's with you in your car. When the person on I-10 cuts you off and you want to go, can somebody say amen? Don't gouge nobody. It's okay. But you've got to realize that sometimes we miss where God's trying to take us. And we've got to realize I've got to act the same way I do on Sunday morning as I do on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Well, Brother Puckett, what if we mess up? We have an advocate with a father who says if we repent, ask God to forgive us, he'll forgive us of all of our... Oh, y'all better help me in this house. It's not, it's not a one way to get in and out. It's the one way that you realize this is that I strive not to fail, but if I do fail. If I strive not to fail, but if I do fail. Because what I was is I realize this is that the more you try to do for the kingdom of God, the more the devil's going to try to trip you up. I've heard people tell me my whole ministry, I've been in ministry since, since uh, 89, I've heard them tell me, I never had a problem with the devil. And I tell them, I said, really? I said, because you ain't serving God. Because when I was serving the devil, I didn't have no problem with the devil. He was helping me. But when I changed my life, you know, someone said, well, what happened? I said, I didn't quit dancing, I just changed partners. And when I changed partners, I realized what God was doing in my life, and it transformed me, and then the devil began to fight me. Are y'all with me? Say amen. I got to get you somewhere. We got another group coming in. Lord, there's a clock back there. Hallelujah. I'm not used to a clock at my place. I took it off the wall. Hello, somebody. We must realize that God's trying to get us to a, a place and a position in life that will cause us to seek the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of me. Too many times we're seeking the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of me. I mean, we're seeking the kingdom of me and not the kingdom of God. Because what best benefits me? God, I've been playing for 20 minutes already, and this guy wants me to keep playing? I can see it in the, in the keyboard player. My fingers are getting tired. Hello? If it was up to me, he'd never leave. 
But what I had to realize a long time ago is well, whatever I'm doing, I'm not doing for the pastor. I'm not doing for the church. I'm doing for the kingdom. And whatever the kingdom needs is what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk in that kingdom and be a part of it. It was all we could do to get here yesterday. What a fiasco that was. I left way early from North Alabama to get down here so I could be with you. Go out with your pastor. Just before I got to Bateman that exit, who didn't know we had a blowout? Went to four tire shops and nobody had my tires. At about 7 o'clock last night, I rolled into Pet Boys over here and they said, we ain't got that size, but we got this size. I said, will it work? Yes, put them on. I don't care, put them on. Then your pastor drug us out to eat. They would told me, he says, we're going Mexican. I said, great. We get in the car, the first lady said, oh, no, we're going to my restaurant. We went across the bay. Y'all know what that restaurant is. You don't want to think twice. We got over there, and time we got done talking and fellowship, we got back to the hotel, it was midnight. And I'm thinking, devil, you're alive. And he says, God, I thought we'd be here earlier. I said, so did I. The devil had plans why he always wants to try to discourage you from moving forward into what you're supposed to do. Always wants to discourage you. Now I'm tired. Now I'm weary. I worked all week. You don't know how many. Preacher, you, you're probably full time. I'm a bivocational pastor. I work 70 hours a week and then preach on the weekends. Hello, somebody. Every week, week in and week out, I put 70 hours in and then come, come to a church and pastor. Why? Not because of who I am, but because I love him. I love him. Why? Because this is what God told me to do. Oh, I, my flesh wants to go find another church. Hello? But my spirit man says, you better do what God said. Because I realized a long time ago, pastor, you're supposed to minister to those that God puts in front of you. Because when you begin to walk after the word and you realize it's not about me no longer. You ever, I remember my, my second church, we, we took our second church. It was running about 20 people when we got there. And when we left, it was running 300. But every time someone would come to me, pastor, they'd walk into my office and say, pastor, I feel led. Don't you love that word? I hate that word. I feel led. And I'd say, what? They said, I feel led. What they were telling me was, Pastor, I feel led to start this program, and then you're going to take it over. Hello, somebody. I got to the point, I wanted to go out and buy a block of lead, bring it in my office, and put it on my desk. And when somebody comes in and says, I feel lead, said, rub that right there. That's lead. Hello, somebody. Why? Because it meant as long as it was going good, I'll do it. But if it starts to fall off, I had one guy cutting, Pastor. We had 10 in my class, now I only got three. It's not worth having it, Pastor. We're going to shut it down. So, oh, no, sir. I don't care if you got one in there. You preach. You teach. Whatever you got. Because one soul is worth it all. We ain't looking at numbers. We're looking at souls. Oh, oh y'all better help me in this house. We're not looking for numbers. If you get caught up in the number game, this church will collapse. This is not about numbers. It's about souls winning and reaching people and discipleship. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. We must walk out there. Why? Because Matthew 6 and 33 says this way. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things shall be added unto you. So when you're seeking the right things, the right things come into your life. Number three, you must realize this. Number three, we must move forward in faith. We must move forward in faith. 
Because when we understand what faith does, faith takes us from the natural and puts us into the supernatural. People don't like to get caught in the natural and the supernatural. Well, Brother Puckett, you start talking about all that weird spiritual gift things and everything. Let me tell you something. I'm the, probably the least you would have thought. I was raised in an Episcopal church, Catholicism. Got saved in a Methodist church. My dad is Southern Baptist. My wife was Church of God. I got saved. All I know is that Jesus loved me. It didn't matter after that. Are y'all hear me? I, go ahead, praise him. It don't matter what's over the door. It's a matter about a relationship that you have with him. And if you have the right relationship, then that's what it's all about. Oh, y'all better praise him in this house. I don't care what label you got. I've preached in every faith except one just about, and that's the Catholic and the Episcopal Church, and I've been trying to get in there. I even told my mama to talk to her priest because she still goes there. She said, son, they won't let you in. I said, mama, I can do all that stuff. I know it. I was raised in it. I know what catechism is. I know what confirmation is. I know how I do all this. I know all that stuff. Preached at a church, United Methodist Church down in Clanton, Alabama. Three senior ladies came every night of my revival. Sit on the third row. Came down and would sit there listening to me preach. And all of a sudden, as at the end of the service, we'd walk by. She'd say, Brother Puckett, that's some of the best preaching I've ever heard in my life. I said, Sister, that's awesome. I said, where do you go to church? Oh, so said, we go down to the Presbyterian church. I said, awesome. You coming back tomorrow night? Yeah. Come back the next night, preach the word of God. I'd always tell them, lift your hands. Because we're not a Methodist church. They didn't lift no hands. I said, lift your hands. <laughs> lift your hands. Okay, if you want to go eat, lift your hands. <laughs> That's all it took. After that service, so after the service, I went down, was greeting the little ladies again. They said, Brother Puckett, some of the best preaching I ever heard. And the one little lady, she let her friend step away from her. She said, Brother Puckett, come here. And she's about 80 years old. Yes, ma'am. She said, I was this close to raising my hand. I said, sister, why didn't you let go and let God? She says, they throw me out of my church. I said, sister, I said, sister, let me tell you, go talk to your pastor and tell him I need to come preach revival at church. Oh, brother Puckett, that ain't happening. Why? Because we get so caught up in the way things had to operate that we lose letting the Spirit of God have its way in our churches and in our lives. We've got to let go and let God and say, go to God, no matter what happens, just let it happen. When we walk in the faith, we can trust God like that. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Just like when Peter stepped out of the boat. I believe it was in Matthew, Matthew 14 when Peter stepped out of the boat. Remember Jesus came walking on the water? And Peter stepped out of the boat. You know, everybody criticized Peter because he stepped out of the boat. There was 11 other disciples in the boat who never attempted to get out of the boat. Never attempted to get out of the boat. We're saying, Peter, you lost your mind. Don't do it. You can't walk on water. But he said, come. He said, come. He said, do it. The leader said, come. The leader said, come. Jesus was their leader. He said, come. Peter stepped out and began to walk. But what happened? The water, the wind, 
and the lightning distracted him. So many times we get in our very moves of God, we allow the things around us to distract us. We're moving in the right direction, and all of a sudden a lot of noise happens over here, and we're turning our head. We're letting the devil move us left and right when we should stay on the straight path. See, what happens is you've got to get out of what is man-made and get into what is God-made. And once you begin to do that, you realize God's got something greater for you. Then Jesus said, when Peter began to sink, he said, save me. And Jesus reached forth his hand and took his hand and picked him up and led him back into the boat. Could you imagine what the disciples must have said? Peter, I told you you couldn't walk on water. Peter told you he shouldn't have been out there. But yet Jesus brought him back into the ship. You say, well, Brother Bucket, that's, that's, that was then. That's not now. We can't walk on water. Yes, we can. I walked on water today. From the car to the rent to the building. It was all over the ground. Y'all hearing me say amen. Some of y'all get that later. But you got to realize God wants you to move in the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God. Why? Remember the man in Matthew chapter 12 who had to stretch forth his withered hand? What if he never would have stretched it forth because the Pharisees were saying, you can't do that. You ever had those in the service? I don't know about here. But you ever have been in a church service where you had people sitting around you going, well, I wish you'd quit jumping up and down. I wish you could throw your hands up in there every time we start doing something. Why are you speaking in tongues every time you turn around? We are this is a Pentecostal church, right? I just want to make sure. Why, why are they laying on the floor? Do you not realize we're trying to get some sophisticated folks in here? We need to stop this stuff, Pastor. What happens is they're missing it. What if they would have listened and not done? He never would have got his miracle. Sometimes it takes laying in the floor. Sometimes it takes jumping up and down. Sometimes it takes lifting your hands and praising the Lord. Sometimes it takes shouting out loud, saying, praise you, the Lord. Sometimes it takes the extra effort to do it. You say, Brother Puckett, I ain't never. That's right. You ain't never and you ain't never going to get nothing. God wants us to move where we are into somewhere new. This is a new day. Someone say a new day. This ain't last Sunday. That's, that day's gone. Never come back again. 20 years ago, it never come back and go around again. It's never going to come back. God's got you going on a new journey and a new thing. And you may see some similarities from the old things into the new things, but they'll have a different twist on them. They'll have a different twist on them. Why they'll have a different twist is because what worked in the 50s won't work in the 2024s. No, Brother Puckett, that's a lie because the word is the same yesterday and today and forever. Yes, it is. We may use the same word, but different methods. The message is what will change, not the message. The message better never change. The method may change to reach them. Are you with me? Say amen. I, I realized that, you know, I, I walked in, looked at your pastor. He didn't even have a tie on. I thought, my God, he ain't even holy today. I'm just kidding with you, pastor. But that's them. I mean, he's got khakis on. I'm in a full set and suit and dress top. My God. And then I looked at y'all and y'all went, whoa, you're following your pastor. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, somebody. 
See, the message didn't change, but the message, the method did. So what it comes to me, because my church doesn't dress like me either. I just want to tell you right now. They dress like y'all. This is mine because what I realized a long time ago, when I got saved, pulled out of Satanism, I told God, I'll give you my best every day of my life. And so I have to give him. If your best is blue jeans and a t-shirt, praise God, wear your best. I don't care what you wear as long as it's, long as it's holiness, modesty, and approved by God. Other than that, I don't care what you wear. Amen. Now, if you're lost, I don't care what you're wearing. Because we're going to get you saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Y'all better help me in this house. Because God wants to bring you somewhere where you're not into something where you are. And we can't condemn them for what they're wearing if they don't know him. Too many times we want to clean the fish before we catch them. We want to, we want to, ain't got any fishermen here? I mean, I'm at the coast, right? We do got fishermen, okay. You can't clean that fish till you get it in the boat. Hello? We can't clean them. Oh, y'all should have said no. Oh, I'm going to say it again. We can't clean them. He cleans them. We catch them. He cleans them. We don't make them look like what we want them to look. We let them look like what he wants them to look like. Are y'all hearing me say, man, I'm trying to close. I promise. I'm probably over time. I don't even know what time it is. They done took the clock down. Your next group outside is freaking out. They're all going, get back in the car. He's long-winded. Are y'all with me? Say amen. I'm trying to close. I promise. How many of us when a preacher says that, we don't mean it? Okay, just as long as y'all know that. I tell my, my wife, if you see my wife doing this, she's not worshiping God. She's saying, land the plane. Are y'all here? I tell her, I said, baby, I'm trying to land the plane. I just got a long runway. Number four, we must seek the word in faith. Seek the word in faith. Believing that what it says will come to pass in my life. And it will come to pass. It's not just for the elite. It's not just for the ministry. It's just not that I've been saved for 20 years or 50 years or 10 years. It's for every individual that will just believe it. Have faith that what it says, it will come to pass in your life. Are you with me? Say Amen. Matthew 21, 21 says this way, and Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I said to you, if you have faith and doubt not, someone say doubt not, say it again, if you have faith and doubt not, you should only do what's done to the fig tree, but also say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and it shall be cast into the sea. How powerful that when Jesus came to the fig tree, what was he wanting? He was wanting fruit. He came to the fig tree and he pushed back the leaves and there was no fruit. How sad it would be if he came to your life and pushed back your leaves and there was no fruit. Fruit is the things that you do for him because you love him, not because you were told to do them. Not because the pastor asked me to sing on the platform. Not because he asked me to be a, a, a nursery worker over there in the children. God, you know I don't like children, God. Don't, please don't put me there. I didn't raise mine. You hear that all the time? I didn't raise mine. Let the younger ones do it. And the younger ones are going, I ain't got kids. Hello? I asked the girl when I walked over there. Pastor was standing beside me. So I had clearance. I said, I asked the girl, I said, hey, I see you passing tickets out for kids. 
She said, yes, everybody's going to have a ticket. I said, they got to have a ticket. I said, yes, because if you don't have that ticket when you come back, you can't get your kid. And I said, what happens if you lose the ticket? Y'all just take over the kid and become property of the God in the church? I said, my Lord, y'all just y'all gaining congregation as it goes. I mean, they said, you're going to have a big, big move of this whole session. You're going to be number of kids. Why are y'all here? Well, we, our parents left us. They didn't have a ticket. <laughs> no, that's an awesome thing y'all do. Safety is good for everything. Amen. We must have it today in times we're living in. The occult is live and well. I'm closing with this. The occult is live and well. <clears throat> comes in all facets and forms and all manners. And sometimes when we realize that, we look at things and we try to play it off that it's not really real. The devil's out to do one thing, just to make you miss heaven. That's all he wants you to do. He don't care if you ever sacrifice. He don't care if you ever drink blood. He don't care if you ever join a satanic church. He don't care if you ever become a witch or a warlock or any, anything else that's out there. All he's worried about is just to get you one degree off your compass. Because if you get one degree off, you can know, drive a boat with a compass. If you get one degree off on your compass, you will miss your destination by millions of miles. Why? That's all he wants you to do, get off kilter one degree. So you will miss your destination by thousands and millions of miles. we got to realize this. Keep your compass towards Christ. Move in the power and the anointing. Why? We must have the right combo. We must have the right combo. And the right combination is not a Big Mac, large fry, large Coke, and a hot apple pie. Even though that sounds good, but it's not the right combination. The right combination is the Word of God. Christ, the man of God, and those that follow him in leadership. Because see, what you got to realize is, you say, well, I don't like all of our leaders. Take it up with God. Because I would be very shocked to understand if your pastor didn't pray about everyone that's in a position. Because I know how I do my staff. I pray, and the first lady prays with me. And we make sure they're the right person for the fit. Because I don't need to put somebody in position and have to take them out of position because then it causes a ruckus in the church and everything goes chaotic. Hello? Well, you took my nephew out of that class because your nephew wasn't living right. Hello? You don't know how long we've been in this church. We've been in this church before you got here. Okay, well, God was here before you got here. Hello? I'm not being ugly, I'm just being for real. We've got to pray and seek. If we believe our pastor and our first lady, that they hear from God, then we've got to trust their leadership as we're walking across this river Jordan. It's that flood stage. But the harvest is ready. I can see it out there. It's white. And they can't get to us. Because there's a river out there that's blocking them from the flow of God. But yet when the word goes forth and the ministers that are bearing it, the waters will push back and you will walk on dry ground. You'll find them that are hurting. You'll find them that are lost. You'll find them that have been abused. You'll find them that are just saying, nobody loves me. You'll find the drug addict, the prostitute, and the pimp. 
You'll find the motorcycle gang, the gangbangers, and everybody else. God took us on a journey, took us from Alabama where we were a youth pastor, took us to Michigan to be a youth pastor, took us to West Texas to be our pastor, our first church, then back to Alabama to pastor our second church. And in between the moves was several years that we evangelized in between. When we got to our church back in Alabama, we, we, we went from 20 to 300, outgrew. We built a sanctuary that seats 700, built a life center, the whole thing. We did everything. Just tell me, tell me, they told me I couldn't do it. I, see, I'm not raised Church of God, so I'm not a generational guy. All I know is God's word says that we can do it. So I decided to have a motorcycle rally. We was at Ruby Tuesdays. And we sat at a table with a church group. And over at that table over there was about 20 motorcycle guys in a gang. And I looked at my church folks and said, I'll be back in a minute. I was dressed just like I am right now. I walked right over their table. There was one chair. I pulled it out and I sat right down. They're all drinking, drunk, carrying on. They said, who are you? I said, I'm Pastor Troy Puckett. How are you? A preacher? Yes, sir. I said, I just want to tell you something. I'm having, a, I'm having a motorcycle rally at my church, and I want you to be there. Us? I said, yes. We talked for about another 10 minutes. I said, is that y'all's motorcycles outside? Sure is. I said, can we go look at them? Let's do it. There they go. That's how they were. We get out to them motorcycles. I man, them are some pretty bikes. The one that was the worst, big old burly guy. He said, that's my hog right there. I said, nice. Can I sit on it? Yeah, you can sit on it. I threw my leg over it. Sit on that bike. He says, man, that feels good. He said, you want to feel it vibrate? I said, yeah. He fired it up. It was vibrating, just vibrating. I said, uh, looked at his friend said, get your camera out, man. There's a preacher on my motorcycle. Take a picture. The first thing I know, here comes the first lady out of Ruby Tuesdays. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm sitting on this hog. He says, hey, you want to sit on I said, yes. Yeah. She said, yeah. I said, can we take it for a ride? Sure you can. Here comes first lady in her dress. She reached between her legs, grabbed her dress, pulled it between her legs, straddled that motorcycle, and off we went. After what he told me, he said, I was talking to my friends. That preacher just left on my bike. We came back. Invite them to the rally. They showed up and brought about 40 more. We had a motorcycle rally. We had about 50 to 75 motorcycle gangs that were there. I put motorcycles on the platform. Harley Davidson's were staged on the platform. I was in a suit and tie, gave the altar call, I mean, gave the uh, welcoming, took up the offering. And when I come off the offering, I left and went out the back door. Because I didn't have side doors. I wasn't that smart like your pastor. I went out the back door. Went to my office, ripped my suit off, put a pair of chaps on, blue jeans, a t-shirt, a leather vest, a bandana around my head. Went outside and got on another Harley. Another guy brought me and rode it right into the church, into the altar. Shook the place up. 25 bikers got saved that day. Why? I got out of the normalcies of what men kind think. Because I had people saying, Brother Puckett, 
Why did you bring them into our new church? They stink. They're dirty. They're going to mess our pews up. I said, you better not say a word to none of them. That's what I told my congregation because they were mad at me. I said, let me tell you something. It's not about clean church. It's about lost souls. Y'all better help me this house. One more thing and I'm done. Smith Smith Wigglesworth said this. Smith Wigglesworth said, fear looks, faith jumps. Faith never fails to obtain its object. If I leave you as I found you, I am not God's channel. I am not here to entertain you, but to give you to the place where you can laugh at the impossibilities. That you can realize we can do it. Are you ready today? Are you ready today? Stand all over this house. Where are you at today? What are you going through today? What are you facing today? There's those in this room today that are depression. The Lord's done told me. I was sitting right there when I went to prayer before I walked over. The Lord said, there's those here that are in the midst of depression. Because it's overpowering them in darkness. They can't find out where they're at. They're looking. They're screaming on the inside, but they're smiling on the outside. He says, it's time to step out of where you are and forget about what people think about you and realize there's a God who loves you right where you're at. Every head bow, every eye closed. We hope you've been blessed by today's message. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with our most recent episodes. To find out more, visit us at forwardchurchonline.com. There you can connect with us, learn more about our ministries, and submit any prayer requests you may have. We hope you join us again soon.